Hi everyone, I'm Jessica and I'm here with Catherine. And Catherine, I'm wondering, I'm having an identity crisis again. What is the Hummingbird Podcast? Well, it hums, it's a bird, and it pods, and it casts. So it does all of those things, Jessica. And it does it simultaneously. So it's magic and miracle, uh, all of the above, and circles too. And yeah, listeners, join us. <laughs> Welcome to the Hummingbird Podcast, where we use poetry to chat about creativity, process, and the mysteries of life. We respectfully acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the treaty and traditional territories of many nations, including the Anishinaabeg, the Michisagig Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Wendat peoples. These lands are now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis people. As treaty people, we continue our journey to strengthen our understanding of our treaty relationship and of how to move forward together in a good way. We thank those who have cared for this land and we are grateful for the opportunity to live here and connect through conversation. We are so glad to have you back here with us for season five. And Catherine and I certainly missed each other. We didn't get to connect enough this summer, Catherine. We didn't, Jessica, but I always felt you were with me, particularly when I saw a hummingbird, which I did experience many times this summer, seeing a hummingbird. The hummingbird was humming between us, and it's really lovely to be back in this space with you and lovely to be back with our listeners. And thank you so much for your patience because it just got busier than we thought and we thought we'd be taping earlier but life sometimes puts you into situations that have their own uh, time scale and but here we are in this space lovely to be back with you oh and we're so excited about season five because the show continues to evolve as we evolve and it's interesting because I feel like the more we engage in doing this podcast together the more I understand it and the less I understand it all at once and just before we came on air I was asking you, okay, who are we again? The Hummingbird Podcast? What do we stand for? What are we about? What is this? And... It's like it's having the same kind of identity crisis that I have as a writer sometimes. Who am I? Why am I writing? Who am I writing for? What is all of this? It's it's all just parallel right now. Well, and yes, and you're also describing too that sense of knowing and not knowing and the dance in between. And I think too, when we're in that dance, sometimes we think we know and then we realize when we come out of it, how much we don't know. And so I think sometimes as we were talking earlier too about the journey of life and the more you go through life, the more you realize how much there is to learn, how much there is to also accept that we'll never know and the mysteries that we continue to be involved with as, as we move through it and all of those things. A lot to think about, Jessica, I think, as we bring in this season five and exciting too, to see where the unknown takes us and our conversations take us. Right. And so the things we do know are that we use poetry to chat about creativity, process and the mysteries of life. So that's kind of where we've landed 
all my little hummingbird <laughs> jokes. Yep. Uh, that is where we've landed for now with thinking about who we are and what it is we do. But listeners, feel free to reach out and let us know. We're always thrilled to hear from you and, and you're part of this journey too. But poetry is certainly always at the center of what we do. And when we look back to where we've been over the past several seasons, we've really explored a lot of our own writing. We've explored a lot of poems. We've explored a lot of poets, a lot of big ideas and things that have got us just wondering about anything, a lot of things. Like like you said, the more we learn, the less we know. So, so, so tell me, Catherine, how was your summer? What did you get up to? Well, it was lovely. It's one of my favorite times of year. And it kind of extended into the fall too, in this part of Ontario, where we did have some really warm weather, even into October. So I feel like I'm just sort of entering into the fall vibe, so to speak, at this time. And I did at the end of the summer, get to do some traveling where I went to Northern Ireland. And that was just wonderful to be back in the place that I began my journey as a writer, as a poet. I did my MA over there and first published over there and lived over there. And so I was thinking too about full circle moments, how things cycle around. And also I think as creators, Jessica, we, we, we search for patterns and for things that we connect with and that keep showing up. And, and speaking of full circle moments, when I was a student back in the day in Northern Ireland and I would go into Belfast, I would go to the Linen Hall Library, go in there and look at the books, read the books, have my little notebook with some coffee in the coffee shop. And one of the full circle moments for me was going back many years later and reading there as a poet. And so I did that. I did that a few years ago, pre-COVID time, and then was invited back. The full circle connection that furthers that is that I was reading with a poet by the name of Kathleen McCracken. And Kathleen had attended that Linen Hall reading and unbeknownst to me because we didn't know each other then so many people said to me after did you meet kathleen and i didn't actually get to meet her at that that time but she sent me a note i think it was in facebook and somehow you're friends with so many writers on facebook as as you know and even ones that you've never met and so she reached out and said lovely things about the reading and poems and it just meant a lot to me because as you know when you're going out there you you hope that you're doing your best and making a connection, but you never know. And so we started a friendship from that time and have since met and read together and so on. And But we had never read at the Linden Hall Library. So one of the things that we did when I came back in September was we read together there. And so I just loved that. And I hadn't actually realized it till later. We were booked in to do it. And then I said to her, you know, this is actually where we first encountered each other. Although I know she encountered me and I, I knew she was there, but then here we were together sharing the stage. So it just seemed really special. And then another full circle moment was reading at the Heaney Home Place and Seamus Heaney. I was probably in that Linen Hall library reading his books and <laughs> thinking, hmm, what, what can I do with words? And so to be able to, to read at the Heaney Home Place, and I had read there before pre-COVID too. So again, it was very special to read with some of the people that I had read with previously, including Kathleen McCracken and Joan. Joan and Kate Newman are a mother-daughter powerhouse duo poet team. I read with Kate Newman, the daughter, and then John T. Davis is a musician and he played, and then Mel McMahon 
was gracious to do an incredible hosting for our event. And I think I've included everybody now. <laughs> it seems so <laughs> far away. It's so your moment when you're there. And the strange thing about place is that then you come back to your home place and then, then you're you're far away from everything that happened and it seems kind of dreamlike. So that's just a little bit of the coming around into full circle moments for me, Jessica. And thanks for asking. And and what about you? I just love the idea of a of a circle, first of all, because of the work that I do during the day as a system principal of Indigenous education. And now I just started teaching at Trent in the Bachelor of Indigenous Education, so Trent University in Peterborough. So I'm going to answer your your question in two ways, both with my love for the circle and my thinking around that, and also my full circle moment. They're all connected. Isn't, and isn't that the way with circles, how everything's connected? And I apologize if my thinking doesn't come out the way I hope it does. I'm just currently recovering from COVID and my brain is still about three steps behind where I would like it to be. So I'm doing my best to uh, to, to keep up here. When, when I think about the circle, of course, I think of the medicine wheel and all the great lessons that a medicine wheel has to to teach us about the seasons, about the stages of our life, about the passing of time. Think about how, you know, there's there's really no beginning or no end. So even when you think you've arrived somewhere, it's time to begin that next that next trip around the circle. And so that's how it feels for me right now with with working at Trent. So I moved over the summer, sold my house in the spring, bought a new house, moved to Peterborough with a lovely spot near the river. And I'm five minutes from the university and my hope is to do more teaching at the university. I'm teaching two classes there right now in the Bachelor of Indigenous Education program. And, and for me, it's full circle because I was a, a student in education at Trent University back in the 90s. And so now I'm in the same building that I was a student, but now I'm there as an instructor and it's just still very nostalgic every time I'm there. And when I walk into Autonomy College, it's called, and I'm walking through the hallways and in the basement, no less, I'm like, oh my God, I even love the smell of this place. Like the smell of this place just lights me up. I'm just so thrilled to be there. And it's been wonderful interacting with students and they're just beginning their circle of their work as educators. And, and that's interesting too, because I do feel that in terms of my, my work, I'm, I'm more in the, in the West or moving toward the North of my career now. It's interesting to see some, some new young educators entering in in the East and then and learning from them. It's, it's a great group of students. They all self-identify as Indigenous from all over Ontario, from various distinct communities. Although I'm the instructor, here's another circle. I am also learning from them every single week. It's fantastic. That just sounds great, Jessica. And we're so pleased to be in this space, listeners, with with, with all of you, because Jessica has um, been dealing with COVID and I'm just grateful to be uh, in this space, Jessica, because I know what it's like. I was sick a few weeks ago and it's difficult sometimes doing those things to connect your brain and what you're saying, but you're doing great, just so you know. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. I know, because you just don't know. It's like everything is oh, like no. all these fragmented pieces. It's, <laughs> yes. like, it's like the thoughts have become a collage and then you're yes. trying to piece them together it's now day 
day nine of mm-hmm. COVID. I'm no longer a menace to society. So that's good news to the listeners. Yeah. Tested negative now, which is great. So I just need to kind of get the energy back and get my brain going quicker again. And, and I'm sure some of our listeners too have had that experience where yes. they've been rocking and rolling and let's go and have all this great energy. And if you, we had talked two weeks ago, I, I was in a very different place. And it's amazing how quickly things can change and how grateful I am for good health because if you have good health, you have everything. And so it's just so important for us to take care of ourselves and to make sure that we're eating the good foods and getting the rest that we need and moving as we need to and watching our stress levels and all of those different things because you just never know the toll that that can take. Not that I think that caused COVID, but I have been reflecting lately just on the choices that we make every day that put our health at risk and how can we make better choices. Mm-hmm. And that, that sense of being in a space where, where, you, where you really do meet your own stillness, how it can also be a time for things to surface within that otherwise wouldn't have that opportunity. And, and through that surrendering, that sort of, uh, oh, no, I'm not sick. It's the sort of little games, at least I know that I can play and then realize, okay, I have to, I have to just listen to my body now and how the body is, is always in charge, <laughs> whether we, whether we realize it or not. And then that sense too, I've been thinking a lot, Jessica, about listening. I know we've talked a lot about listening and the inner listening and listening to what what we experience is on our walks and just on our daily lives and this is going to be a little confession and most okay. people probably have always known this but I recently discovered and I'm so excited about this discovery even though it's so obvious that listen and silent have the same letters listen yes. and silent <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And I just love that. And I'm thinking, how did I not know that? And of course, they contain pieces of each other and the wholeness of each other and the way that silent and listen, I they coincide. And just even thinking about movement and stillness and that sense too of learning and then not knowing and how things really go back and forth. Maybe you've known listen and silent were connected that way, but I tell you, I don't know. That just made me so happy. And also how could I have missed that? <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think I learned that through some meme somewhere on social media, I think at some point. So, and I would and, and it is one of those things where it's it's mind blowing and you're just like, that just makes so much sense because the way that we learn to listen is by being silent. And the way that we hear the things we need to hear is in the silence. And there's just such such big growth in that. And we all need to find moments every day for there to be silence and Anytime that we are interacting with anybody, we need to find ways that we can be better listening to them. Because ironically, when you listen to someone, that is how they feel seen. Yes. It is not through looking at them. It's through listening to a person that a person feels seen. That is so true, Jessica. And again, so simple, but oftentimes we aren't in that space or or people aren't in that space to really listen to see what a gift that is and how much growth and things can kind of move in that direction. And we've been talking too about, well, what is it we do in the Hummingbird podcast? And I like how poetry seems to 
pull us back because it's not always the intention that we're going to talk about poems, but I, I feel like it's like the bread feeder for the hummingbird that poetry is for us as we continue on our nectar. journey. And the, but yeah, it's the nectar. And then also too, how, how that sense to a conversation where where we we listen and in that silent space of listening as we move back and forth in conversation how that seems to be much of what this podcast is and that sense of being seen I feel it from I experience from your listening when I speak and I hope that works the same way when you speak because I certainly feel it in that way yeah I think it's just interesting now because we also talked about how we had some idea about how we wanted to go forward in our our initial show for for season five and it's leaving us as it always does does doing that right it always does yes so so part of what I would love to do with season five is to let it emerge the way we let season four emerge where it just pulls us from episode to episode however it decides to do that but I also feel like I'm just making more of an effort in my life to listen and to ask and to to learn from those who are around me. I'm, I'm lucky to have some really great influences and teachers in my life. I'm lucky that I have an abundance of books to choose from. And, and so, so part of what I would like to do is as we gather each week is just to think about those big things that I'm learning and share them with you. I'd love to be able to do that as we go and almost have you as a study partner. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I would love to be your study partner for sure. Now, one of the people that you had introduced me to, and I had never heard of her before, was Louise Glick. What 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 a loss that is that she's she's recently passed and impact that she had on the poetry community is immense. Yeah, and how honoring too that she won the Nobel Prize in 2020. And not that prizes are everything, but the fact that she was honored in such a way to give credit to her journey as a poet particularly as a lyric poet and to me one of the inner life although it's not completely inner as nothing is but one of my favorite books of hers is uh, wild iris where she moves into the space of a garden and plants and and what plants might say and the speaking of what grows and what comes from a garden jessica maybe i'll just read one of these poems this poem is titled the red poppy the great thing is not having a mind Feelings, oh, I have those. They govern me. I have a Lord in heaven called the sun and open for him, showing him the fire of my own heart, fire like his presence. What could such glory be if not a heart? Oh, my brothers and sisters, were you like me once long ago before you were human? Did you permit yourselves to open once who would never open again? Because in truth, I am speaking now the way you do. I speak because I am shattered. It reminds me of Rilke and how he tells us that we live our questions. And she's included a number of those big guiding questions here in the poem. What could such glory be if not a heart? Were you like me once long ago? Before you were human, did you permit yourselves to open once? Who would never open again? And that really connects with what we were just talking about in terms of what aging is feeling like. Is It feels like I'm carrying more questions now than answers. And a lot of the times, the questions are connected to feelings. Mm. 
I love what you've just said, Jessica, how it's so interesting too, because we've just been thinking about what we were going to talk about. And then this poem was sort of offered. And now I see how it's talking to all of the circling that we've been doing around this poem, <laughs> speaking of circles and connecting to Tarulka, where we left off before we started the season. So clearly it's, it's giving us the, the sense to being on the right track. I find when, again, talking early about patterns and connections and how everything is connected to and that sense too of circling circling around and, and moving into these places and the exploration of, the, of that through poetry which I just find such a powerful thing that space too of between the listener and the speaker has its own energy as well and, and using concrete language and concrete imagery like the red poppy and then so when I think of the, the red poppy too and as you mentioned that question what could such glory be if not a heart that heart just blazes red in my mind when I see that word as well and the beauty of red and that connection between our own heart so she speaks the fire of my own heart fire like his presence and so this is a deeply spiritual poem mm-hmm. really gets into to the mystery of things doesn't it it does speaking of poems to listeners who who have listened to last season may remember where we were speaking during one of our episodes and I'd mentioned my aunt and how she had dementia and how we were listening to a Neil Diamond song and had this connection through music and sadly she passed and one of the things that happened in the fall this past September was going to Montreal for her burial and thinking too about the the life of who she was and honoring that and being with my cousins who were there as well and this would be my father's sister and when I wrote the red element which I guess came out 2010 she inspired one of the poems from that collection titled the rain barrel because she told me when she was this little girl like really little how she was fascinated by the light shining on the rain barrel which was full of water and all these little squiggly lines were illuminated So I guess they were probably bugs and creatures. And so she was looking and leaning, leaning, leaning and ended up tipping over into the rain barrel and described it almost like she circled around in a somersault. And I guess then the adults, maybe they were out in the garden sitting like, where's Beverly? Where's Beverly? And they looked And somehow or another, they saw her emerge and, of course, yanked her out. (laughs) But she told me she wasn't scared. And I just thought that just felt like such an incredible moment of entering into this magic and being pulled also into water, which is, if you're, you know, thinking about the the baptismal effects of water, the, the birth of water, we come from water in the womb. So my cousin asked me if I would read this poem. So maybe I'll, I'll just read this poem, Jessica. And it's The Rain Barrel in memory of Beverly Gillingham. Sunbeam scissor, the wet black surface. A girl's little eyes dazzle forward. She leans like light into the light. Ribbons of her scribble on water. Hypnotic, her weight lifts her, she falls. Surfacing like a fish, she mouths the meaty water, hooks her webbed hands on the edge, the edge where air begins. Her gills fold back completely like wings, and they seal in the moment 
when arms lift her. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. I can't help but think that the top of a rain barrel is also a circle. (laughs) (laughs) So she's, she's going into a circle and the impact of that. And I also like the contrast from the previous poem of of the imagery of fire with the imagery here of of water and and both contain light but the the quality of light is different in both poems so there there is a sense that the two poems are are speaking to each other even though there are no questions shared in this poem I feel like they're implied the surprise of everything that's happened here oh thank you Jessica yeah it's interesting how you know even with conversation how poems can connect us to the inner and the outer and that sense too of the rain barrel being a circle and, and, and emergence in and out of the circle uh, the submergence and then emergence and again that sense of going in and out uh the constant dance of that and and I just I, I thought that was so powerful the detail when she first told me the story about how she wasn't afraid and there's just something something so powerful for me about that and being you know, absorbed by the magic of what she was seeing and wanting to just get as close to it as possible. And how I think that that's kind of what we do as artists to try and get as close to what we can about what we're compelled to to sort of pursue or address or try and understand or just sit with whatever that is. This summer, uh, a project that I worked on was I wanted to write a picture book about Bernice. So last spring, Bernice in the Georgian Bay Gold was released, which is a middle grade novel. And I wanted to see what would happen if I could turn this into a, a picture book. And so I wrote a short story. It's about 800 words that could be a picture book. I'm still waiting to hear what the outcome of that will be. I did send it off. Part of what I'm thinking about as we're talking right now is it's interesting how both of these come into play because there's a grief that's within the red poppy that we just heard. And there's a vibrancy and feeling of life in the rain barrel. And yet it's a poem in memory of somebody. And so there's something in that. And, and when how this connects to the to the story is when I was writing Bernice and the Ancestors, I didn't know anything beyond the title when I sat down to write it. But I realized that what needed to happen to write this story was that she needed to know in a, in a deep connected way one of the ancestors. And so I wrote it about the passing of Herma Mare and how she copes with that through connecting to the land. And it reminds me of the energy of the rain barrel in a way, even though this is the first time I'm seeing that poem, because there is an immersion of life and grief that happens all at once. Yeah. Well, again, thinking about how as soon as someone is born, death is part of that journey and that constant sense to transformation. I think I'm just looking out the window here and leaves are falling. (laughs) You know, it's the letting go. And yet there are these beautiful gold colors and they're in the shape of a heart. Ironically, there's they're the yellow leaves. They're from the red bud tree, and there's these gorgeous golden yellow hearts that are just falling as 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 we're speaking, and the beauty in that, and yet the sadness of the end too. So it's just we're constantly part of this process, and and I think what you mentioned too about wanting to know more of what we don't know in your own journey of what you're curious about, and that constant way that that will feed your own way through your journey and 
what comes up that you're curious about and then then how other things just naturally connect to what that is and so I'm really looking forward to being in this sort of place of your study partner as we move (laughs) this season Jessica wonderful wonderful so we will we will find our way and we will connect again next next time we will and jessica will be feeling even better but listeners she was remarkable on our uh, our episode today and just so (laughs) great to be in this space jessica i have missed you (laughs) i missed you too Catherine graham is an award-winning writer and creative writing teacher living in toronto jessica outram is a metis writer and educator living in peterborough the music has been generously provided by shannon linton connect with us online at the hummingbirdpodcast.com Oh, 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 oh,